Welcome to the Natural Super Kids Podcast, where you will discover practical strategies to inspire you to boost the health and nutrition of your kids. I'm Jessica Donovan, a qualified naturopath specializing in kids' health, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to raise healthy and happy kids. Let's get into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Natural Super Kids podcast. Jessica Donovan here. I'm excited about today's episode because I think it's something that a lot of us know to some extent. Um, But after this episode, you're going to have a much deeper understanding in the on the relationship between food, the food that your kids eat, and this is very relevant to adults as well, um, and their brain, their mood, their behavior, and their mental health. So we're looking at that relationship between food and mood effectively. And I think we all have some experience and know that, you know, the food that our kids eat does affect their mood and behavior. You know, we can think about those times when we've been to birthday parties and kids have had a meltdown after they've eaten lots of sugary food or additive laden food or colorful food with artificial colors in it. So we know that, you know, that can lead to crankiness or irritability or meltdowns or even hyperactivity um, in kids. So, the relationship between food and mood is is a two-way street. What you eat affects your mood, which we're going to really be delving into today, but your mood can also affect your food choices. I'm sure we've all had those situations or times when we're feeling a bit down or tired, um, and that affects the, the choices we make. Usually, that leads to those unhealthy choices of those foods that are going to give us that quick boost, um, but it's very short-lasting. So I think this this topic is really interesting. Um, and if your child is struggling with mental health issues, um, mood changes, challenges, um, or behavioral challenges, then you know this is going to be a really interesting episode for you to listen to. So as I said, we know that there's that connection between food and mood, but the research, you know, there's some some interesting research that really does back that up. Um, and of course, I just want to say that there are hundreds of risk factors that contribute to mental health and mood issues and behavioral disorders and challenges. Um, but of all these risk factors, food is one of the most controllable factors, the things that we can actually do something about. So yes, there are those genetic factors and genetic predispositions, but what you can eat can make a real difference or what you feed your kids can make a real different re- difference regardless of those other factors as well. So it's something we we all want to be sort of making changes in this area um, because it is going to be beneficial. So um, when it comes to kids, you know, issues like anxiety and depression are on the rise, unfortunately. Um, And if we can, you know, look at something that is controllable, like their food intake and increasing certain foods in their diet, perhaps decreasing other foods in their diet, it can really set them up for better long-term mental health and prevent those long-term struggles with things like anxiety, depression, um, behavioral challenges. So there are population-based studies that suggest that there is a link between a healthy diet versus an unhealthy diet, um, and even particular nutrient intakes and mood and behavioral issues. So typically it's that low fiber, 
nutrient-poor Western diet that's linked with an increase in, in mental health issues, behavioral challenges, mood imbalances. And it's a nutrient-dense diet that tends to protect against those same conditions. So there is some research in Australia that suggests that um, that a Mediterranean diet, so this, this was a particular study done on depression, and it looked at a traditional Mediterranean diet um, versus social support therapy for 12 weeks. So one uh, group of people were put on a Mediterranean diet, and the other group of people were given social support therapy for 12 weeks. And this particular study found that dietary intervention was more effective. And of course, if we can couple those two together, then that's going to be even more powerful. Um, so the evidence is suggestive, um, you know, that that the impact of diet, you know, is huge on mental health, but there definitely needs to be more sort of research done in this area. But I, for one, am not going to wait for that research to be done before making these changes because they're simple changes that we can make and they can benefit our kids, you know, mood, behavior, mental health, um, regardless of, of the challenges that they're sort of going through, whether it's the more low-key, you know, irritability, mood swings, um, inattentiveness at school, or, you know, through to the more kind of complex kind of conditions uh, that might be linked with mood and behavioral challenges like depression or ADHD or anxiety, um, and even kids on the spectrum. So how exactly does the food that we eat affect our mental health. The first thing I want to talk about here is brain nutrition. So your brain is an organ, just like your liver or your heart. And just like any organ, the brain needs nutrients to function. And in kids, you know, that that need is much higher because not only is there that brain function that needs to be kind of fueled, but there's the brain development as well. And unfortunately, many of the the nutrients that our brain requires to develop and function healthily are missing from our typical Western style diet. Um, and so, you know, th that lack of nutrition means that the brain is going to be uh, negatively influenced by that. And that will affect our kids' mood there as well as their brain function, their learning, their behavior. Uh, so, some of those key nutrients when it comes to brain health are firstly, omega-3 fatty acids. So omega-3 is essential for reducing inflammation, which we're going to talk about inflammation in a sec as well. Um, but it also is like that uh, really a real real key nutrient for brain development and brain function. Um, the majority of our brain is fat. So we want to be getting in plenty of those omega-3 essential fatty acids and a majority of kids are lacking these in their diet. So you can find these nutrients in things like oily fish, sardines, salmon, mackerel, and some nuts and seeds also contain a small amount. So you can see why kids are lacking these nutrients because a lot of kids don't eat fish or eat little fish um, in their diet. And so you may want to look at an omega-3 supplement. And of course, you always want to get professional support when it comes to supplementation and take good quality supplements. We can certainly help you with that here at Natural Super Kids um, in our express consultations or our, our full consultations that are all done online. 
So the next nutrient that's really important when it comes to brain function is zinc. And zinc is found in animal proteins such as red meat and seafood and chicken and eggs. And zinc is also found in things like legumes, nuts and seeds. So zinc is really important for that that brain development and function as well. B vitamins are one of those really important neurological system nutrients, Um, particularly B12 and folate are essential, Um, but all B vitamins play a role in producing those brain chemicals or neurotransmitters that are really important when it comes to healthy mood and healthy behavior in kids. Um, And so they're just some of the key brain nutrients um, that you want to be thinking about when it comes to your kid's diet. Um, But today we're talking more about diet as a whole um, when it comes to food and mood. But I just wanted to mention some of those really important brain nutrients. Um, But of course, you know, supplementation may be necessary for some kids, uh, but we really just want to, you know, Zoom out and um, look at the bigger picture and think about, you know, those more nourishing foods in our kids' diets. You know, simply sort of um, reducing the amount of processed packaged foods in our kids' diet and switching over to more whole foods um, is going to really help to, to get more of these nutrients in their diet. The second thing I want to talk about is inflammation. Now, this is huge when it comes to, uh, you know, particularly mental health issues. Um, So you've probably heard that inflammation is connected with many health concerns. We often think about it when it comes to things like arthritis or eczema, um, you know, those, those sort of obvious inflammatory conditions. But what's been discovered is that the effect of inflammation on the brain, in fact, depression is now classified by many as an inflammatory disorder. This is a really interesting area. You know, what the old sort of school of thought was that, you know, depression was um, primarily like a, a neurotransmitter problem. There wasn't enough of the feel-good neurotransmitters like serotonin, and that's what depre- like antidepressant medication would be addressing. But we now know that inflammation um, is a, a key piece of the puzzle when it comes to depression. And the way that many kids and adults eat is feeding those inflammatory pathways, things like processed food, refined food, sugary food, um, foods that are high in omega-6 oils, things like canola oil and vegetable oil and soy and corn oil. All of these things promote inflammation, which is not good when it comes to our kids' brain health and their mental health. So we want to be thinking about reducing inflammation levels And the great thing is that we can do that with food. Um, You know, we can eat more of that Mediterranean style diet with, um, you know, lots of fruits and vegetables and whole grains and uh, fish and seafood. These are olive oil. These are the things that really help to reduce inflammation um, and stay away from too many of those packaged, processed, refined, sugary, um, omega-6 type oils as well. So there's also, I've talked about this on the podcast before, there's also the gut-brain connection, which is so fascinating. I find it fascinating anyway. So there's this this two-way sort of communication between the gut 
and the brain, known as the gut-brain connection or the gut-brain axis. Um, and, you know, the gut talks to the brain and the brain talks to the gut. And what we know is that this, this connection um, can have really big implications for mood and brain function. So an unhealthy gut leads to, you know, an unhealthy brain. And um, we know that a lot of people with digestive issues also have mental health, mood, behavioral challenges. And when we're talking about kids, we so often see this in clinic. You know, the kids that are presenting with those mood issues, behavioral challenges, mental health issues also have digestive symptoms. You know, it might be bloating, it might be constipation, it might be food intolerances. And so when we address um, those digestive conditions and symptoms, what we notice is that the mood and the mental health and the behavior naturally improves. And, you know, this is because of that that gut-brain connection. And when we're talking about research, animal studies have shown that transplanting fecal matter from depressed adults into a mouse can bring on depressive symptoms. But when they transplant fecal matter from someone who was not depressed, there was no changes. So this shows that the state of our gut bacteria can have a significant influence on our brain. And this makes sense because the majority of our neurotransmitters um, that affect our mood and behavior and our kids' mood and behavior are actually produced within the gut. So the gut is unhappy, unhealthy, unbalanced, then that neurotransmitter production is not going to be as good as it could be. So there'll be, you know, a lack of some of those calming and feel-good neurotransmitters such as serotonin, um, dopamine, GABA. Uh, and so we really want to be looking at that, that gut-brain connection. The other thing that links in with the inflammation piece is that the gut can also influence inflammation levels. So if we've got an unhealthy gut, if we've got a leaky gut, um, if we've got intestinal permeability, um, this leads to more inflammation, uh, which can lead on to, you know, that brain inflammation and and more of those um, mental health conditions as well. So again, we want to be looking at you know, optimizing that gut microbiome, which I've talked about at length on this podcast, um, and, you know, eating for good gut health. So eating plenty of fiber in our diet, making sure we're, um, you know, including fermented foods and or probiotics to really look after that gut, particularly if our kids, which I'm guessing a lot of people listening, um, are are already struggling with mental health issues, mood issues, behavioral challenges as well. So I would like to, you know, get specific here and talk a bit about um, breakfast as a start, because I know this can be like, oh, where do I start with all of this? I know that I need to change, make some changes to my family's diet, to my kids' diet, but where do I start? So the answer is we start with breakfast. That makes sense, right? The first meal of the day. And as we've heard, the most important meal of the day, which I really do believe is true because it sets us up for, 
you know, what we're going to eat for the rest of the day. Um, and it can sort of set us set us up on that negative path or it can set us up on the positive path. So we've recently put together a free resource um, that you can download via the link in the show notes. And it is our three breakfast recipes to improve your kids' mood and behavior. And so we've taken into account lots of these links between food and mood and put together three easy recipes um, that your kids will love uh, for breakfast so that you can get them started on the right foot when it comes to their mood and their behavior and their mental health for the day. So when we are looking at, you know, what we need in a good breakfast, you know, we want something that is that is macronutrient balanced, meaning that it's got protein in it, it's got healthy fats in it, it's got complex carbohydrates in it, um, and it contains some of those micronutrients that we were talking about, the omega-3, the zinc, the B vitamins. If we can get all of those things into our kids at the start of the day, you know, we are, that's going to be really beneficial. So, um, you know, these breakfast recipes that we've put together, they uh, have all of those things in them. And this really helps to stabilize blood sugar levels throughout the day, which means more consistent energy levels, more consistent moods, more consistent behavior. Um, So there's not the ups and downs and the highs and lows that come with eating things like the commercial breakfast cereals or the, you know, toast with honey um, that so many kids are starting their day on. These breakfast recipes will also keep your kids fuller for longer, which means less, I'm hungry, mum, an hour after um, they've eaten breakfast. But it also means that they will be, you know, less irritable and less moody because they will be have have more of those stable blood sugar levels. And this leads to more stabilized moods, um, helping kids to concentrate and stay on task during school. Uh, And also we've got, you know, Uh, good sources of fiber in these recipes as well, which is essential because fiber helps to feed the good bugs within the the gut. And we've just sort of talked about the benefit of good gut health on mood and behavior and mental health, but also that fiber helps to promote, you know, regularity, prevent constipation. Um, So we're we're addressing, um, you know, potential digestive issues there as well. So, um, the, the three breakfast recipes that we've put together are homemade buckwheat chocolate granola. This one's delicious, just like a chocolate milkshake, only crunchy. <laughs> it really does have that kind of vibe to it. So if your kids are used to those crunchy breakfast cereals, they'll really love this. It's chocolatey. Um, it's It's got all of those, the good things that I've just talked about there, the fiber, the protein, the healthy fats, the B vitamins. Um, and you can make a big batch ahead of time so that it's really easy on those, you know, busy mornings. The next recipe we've put in the ebook is banana blender pancakes. Now I know pancakes can be a bit of a time consuming kind of task. Um, they're usually left to weekends, but these pancakes you can make, you can just chuck everything into a blender, um, make them in a blender. You can even cook them the night before and either have them cold or warm them up the, the next day. But these blender pancakes um, are a really good source of both pre and probiotics for gut health. Um, they've got eggs in them for the protein and the healthy fats. They're rich in fiber. 
Um, and, you know, that, that fiber and protein are designed to keep them full, uh, to stabilize energy, mood, behavior throughout the day. And the last recipe we've put in the, the ebook is a savory one. Um, again, you can make this one ahead of time. It's a roast broccoli, bacon, and tomato frittata. It's delicious. Um, again, it's got a good source of prebiotics in there to feed that gut microbiome um, and benefit the brain through that gut-brain uh, connection. It's got it's a great source of protein, healthy fats, you know, no sugar in this one at all. Um, it's got a good amount of vitamin D in there, which is really important for our kids' mental health and mood. Uh, really, this one will really help to stabilize those blood sugar levels, um, leading to better concentration throughout the day. Um, and it's also a good source of vitamin C and antioxidants to support the immune system. And you can switch out the broccoli for another green veggie or leave the broccoli out if your kids are um, going to be, you know, anti anything green in their breakfast. But with the with the combination of the bacon and the tomato in there, um, it really is a delicious recipe recipe for breakfast. And you can also um, use this one for, you know, lunch boxes or, or lunch for yourself throughout the day. So make sure you go and um, download those recipes. And, you know, the, the golden rule for breakfast is to make sure you're including protein and healthy fats, not just sugary, refined carbohydrates, which are what which are really what most kids are eating these days. So I hope that's been really helpful to give you that background information as to why food, you know, can really have an impact on our kids' mood and their mental health and their behavior, and also giving you those practical tips, those practical recipes where you can, um, you know, go to the show notes, download the little ebook, um, and try these recipes with your kids. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and, you know, let me know what, which recipes they have enjoyed from this ebook. Um, and yeah, I, you can reach out to me on, on Instagram over at Natural Super Kids. Um, that's probably the best way. I love it when our podcast listeners get in touch and let me know what they found valuable about the episode. Um, and also I'd love to hear what you think about those recipes. All right. We will be back next week with another episode. We're continuing on this, um, this topic of mood and behavior and mental health in kids. So I will see you then. Welcome to the Natural Super Kids Podcast, where you will discover practical strategies to inspire you to boost the health and nutrition of your kids. I'm Jessica Donovan, a qualified naturopath specializing in kids' health, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to raise healthy and happy kids. Let's get into it. Let's get into it.